My name is Harper Fenler and today on Play Me A Recipe we're going to be going over a cocktail with a 100 plus year history, The Last Word. We're going to talk about the ingredients, all the prep that you need to do, and how to execute the drink all together. So let's get started. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Total Wine and More. The Last Word actually has a better recorded history than a lot of these pre-prohibition and turn of the century drinks. Experts have dated back to the Detroit Athletic Club with Fred Fogarty around 1915-1916. Fogarty was a vaudevillian and occasional barkeep at the club. We see it again in Ted Saucier's Bottoms Up bar book from 1951. And then it disappeared for about 50 years until we see it again in Seattle at Zigzag Cafe. Murray Stenson had dug it up as a way to introduce a lot of the people in the Pacific Northwest to some of these lost to time drinks. But he was also using this drink as a way to prevent the surrounding bars from stealing and copying his menu because he was using the ingredients like Luxardo and Green Chartreuse these more uncommon, harder to find ingredients, it kept the exclusivity to the Zigzag Cafe. The last word is a deceptively simple drink. It's herbaceous, it's sweet, it's tart, it has this alluring bright green color to it. And with all of those qualities, you'd think it would be really complicated, but it's actually an equal parts drink. Equal parts consisting of gin, green chartreuse, luxardo, and lime. So let's go ahead and prep everything that we're gonna need to make our last word. Most of the prep is going to be done for us already because it's predominantly spirits that are going into this drink. We are going to use a London dry style gin. We'll talk about why in a little bit. We need our green chartreuse. We need Luxardo maraschino liqueur and we need fresh lime juice. Now when I say fresh lime juice I mean we're going to squeeze it right now. With lemons and limes we can expect a shelf life of fresh juice when refrigerated for about 48 hours. Anything longer than that it's going to start to turn bitter it's going to become astringent. It's really important to use fresh juice for this. That's pretty much all the prep that we need to do for the drink, but we also want to take our glassware into consideration as well. We're going to be using a coupe or a Nicanora glass, and we want to go ahead and get that cold. Few things ruin a drink faster than when you have spent all that time shaking it, getting it cold to the right temp, and then you strain your drink into a warm glass. It's going to completely ruin your drink. So go ahead and get your glassware cold, if you don't have room in your freezer, you can take some ice, crush it up a little bit, throw it into the glass, and we'll let that chill all on its own. To make the last word, we are going to need a few tools as well. It's a pretty simple drink, so we don't need to get anything really complicated, but we are going to want a shaker. We're going to want a Hawthorne strainer if your shaker doesn't have a strainer attached. At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from, find something for everyone on your list. Whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. We'll want a fine strainer, and that's to get all of the little bits of chippy ice 
that could fall through the cracks of the top of your shaker or through your Hawthorne strainer. That's just because we, that cleans up the drink that little bit more, prevents over dilution from happening, and keeps that slush off the top of the drink. We'll also want a jigger, and we're going to be measuring three quarters of an ounce per ingredient on this. The recipe we're gonna be talking about today is for one last word, but again, this is an equal parts drink, so it scales really easily. For the lime, I'm only using a couple of limes. That gives me just a little bit over an ounce of juice. Juice a few more, you might as well, if just in case you want a couple or you're making a couple for friends. And while we're juicing our limes and getting our glassware chilled, let's talk about the ingredients that go into a last word. Luxardo is a maraschino liqueur still distilled in Italy, distilled out of the Marassi cherries. So as the distillation goes, they have their cherries, they have a bunch of leaves and bark from the trees as well. And they let that steep for about three years before they distill it in copper pot stills. It comes out clear, it comes out um, full-bodied, velvety, with all of those cherry notes that you've come to recognize and love with a maraschino cherry. Now, it is important to say that it is a clear liqueur. It's not gonna be bright red, so it's still, the last word still maintains its bright green, almost neon green color. A lot of the tasting notes that you get from Luxardo are going to be obviously the cherries, but there's also a little bit of vanilla, some light bit of lemon in there. It works as a really great liqueur to pair with a lot of different things. It's a really, really useful tool. Luxardo has been produced pretty consistently for nearly 200 years, being found in 1821. There was a little bit of an interruption in production with World War II, understandably, but they kicked production back up in 1947. Unlike Chartreuse, which sticks with its one product, Luxardo is known for producing a wide variety of other products. However, the Luxardo Maraschino is still their most iconic spirit and kind of the heart and soul. It's this iconic green bottle. It has the wrapping on it as well. You can't mistake it for anything else. Let's talk about Chartreuse. Green Chartreuse has dates going back into the 1600s and even earlier than that. It's one of the few spirits still made by an actual order of monks, the Chartreusian monks. It is no longer made in the Valley of Chartreuse any longer due to a landslide destroying their distillery. It's now about an hour west of there in Voiron, all still made in France though. There was a period of time in the early 1900s where they had to move to Spain for a little bit, but they are back in France now. The history of the build and recipe of green chartreuse is one of those steeped in uh, mythos and uh, layers of storytelling. But as the story goes, back in the 1600s when the Carthusian monks uh, were looking for a way to make their wares. They have been iron workers, but there was a ban on the cutting down and felling of trees so they couldn't make charcoal. They were looking for something new and supposedly, as the story goes, a French army officer gave the brothers this arcane recipe of elixir and they spent a hundred years perfecting it. And it's this herbal elixir that's supposed to be this eau de vie, this life-giving and salubrious tonic um, that only they know the recipe of and it's much like you know if we're going to draw a modern equivalency the recipe is much like coca-cola only two people know it and they can never be in the same room or travel together at any time that's how well protected it is the green chartreuse that we know today 
began its production in the 1850s, but it's still supposedly the same recipe from the 1600s into 1700s as they were refining it. All the herbs are going to be pulled from the Alps. It's this deeply herbaceous drink. It's full body, it's sweet, it has these wonderful tannic notes to it, uh, leaving a kind of like bitter tea note in a lot of ways. It's a little minty, and has these wonderful citrus elements. I get a lot of kind of grapefruit oil to it. It is a unique and really wonderful ingredient to use. Oftentimes in kind of like modern day bars, it's something that's been thrown around that a lot of people don't love, but it is a common term phrase that it is the bartender's ketchup because they like to put it on everything. That is all obviously dependent on whether you like ketchup or not, but the sentiments there. Bartenders love it, love to drink it, love to put it in a lot of different drinks. All right, now let's talk about our fourth part of the last word. Some people would call it the foundation, but again, since this is an equal parts drink, it's unfair to say that, but it is the spirit that one would associate most often as a foundation of a drink, the gin. We're using a London dry style gin in the last word. Now, why would we do that? One of the major hallmarks of a London dry gin is its lack of sweetening. It's coming through with a lot of herbs, mostly juniper and a fair amount of citrus, those lemon peels and some orange peel as well. And we need that as a backbone to stand up against the sugars from the chartreuse and the Luxardo as well. So it ends up being kind of the glue that holds everything together. It's coming through with those great herbaceous dry notes that complement the herbaceous quality of the chartreuse. And it's coming through with that citrus, which is going to layer into the sweet from the Luxardo and chartreuse as well. And then obviously it's also tied together with the lime juice in there. So we'd like to use a London dry style gin for its dry nature, its herbaceous qualities, and its citrus notes. Okay, that is enough talking. Let's actually make a last word. Now, if you haven't filtered out your limes, I would also recommend doing that. So we have that fine strainer. Go ahead and pour your lime juice through that. Get the pulp out. Again, it just makes for a cleaner drink. We are going to take our lime juice first. We're gonna measure out three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. We'll do three quarters of an ounce of gin. We'll do three quarters of an ounce of our Luxardo. And finally, three quarters of an ounce of our green chartreuse. Now the very last thing we have to do is add our ice. And shake. Now when we're shaking, we wanna make sure that we're shaking hard because we wanna break up the ice and get that dilution going. We're gonna shake until the tin feels cold, okay? We're gonna see a little bit of frost happening on the outside of that. Ready? Here we go. just fine strain into our chilled glass. 
that is our last word and we could call it there but there are a couple of secondary garnishes that we can do if you would like a lot of people love to drop a maraschino cherry in the bottom or express a little bit of lime I've left it just as is so you can decide how you want to do it. Do you want a little bit of a sweet bite at the end? Do you want a little more citrus on the nose? That's the beauty of these cocktails. You can kind of make it your own. Even though it's an equal parts drink and it seems like there's not a lot of variation in it, you can add these little twists to make it your own. Now, let's give it a taste. It's such a great and balanced drink. You have all of these wonderful tart qualities from the fresh lime juice then you get into the next layer with that herbaceous chartreuse the juniper from the gin and a little bit of some of the drier notes that you might not necessarily expect from luxardo but does pull through and then you have that wonderful body of the drink so all the sugars from the chartreuse and the luxardo coming together and rounding it all out it is a beautiful drink it's a crowd pleaser and it's a really fun introduction into some of these old school liqueurs and spirits that maybe you've heard of, maybe you've seen, but you've never really gotten to play around with. What do you think? What would you change about it? Is there anything that you might want to try differently? Play around with it. Just like I said with the garnishes, this is a drink that once you know it, then you can play with it. Thanks everybody for listening in to Play Me A Recipe. Again, my name's Harper Fendler. You can find me on Instagram at Harper Fendler. And until next time, Cheers.